You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Today, on another episode of the Packernet Podcast, we once again have to say thank you to Mr. Negative for providing us with content. Um, as I've said many times before, you know, it's, it, it is a little bit funny because he says stuff to kind of poke the bear, right? Just Just because. And although a lot of times it's extremely ridiculous, he's pointing on things that I still have to look up because I don't know. I know he didn't look it up. And there's a good chance he's wrong, but I don't know. And through the course of looking it up, I learned some stuff. And so that's what we're going to start with. We're going to travel through the, the mind of a negative fan for a moment. I'm not going to sit here and rant and rave. I know people get mad at me when I do that. Plus, I'm just not in the mood. I'm, I'm just... Maybe we'll get there at some point. Right now, I, I don't even know where I am. But I just want to take you through the conversation briefly. Not word for word, but um, just so you know how we got where we are and why the heck we're starting this, what, Thursday? Talking about long snappers. But we are. We're going to learn a little thing, too, about long snapping. Randomly, out of nowhere, I get a message that says, Jack Coco, our undrafted long snapper, laughing, crying face. And I said, is that funny. And again, not going word for word, but essentially, after all this big talk about investing in special teams, all we can do is go cheap on long snapper. Yes, it's funny. And I had to stop for a minute because I had to think, what the heck does cheap on a long... What, what is not cheap on a long snapper? I don't even know what exactly that means. And so just to clarify, because I'm not sure what is happening, I said, are you suggesting we should have drafted a long snapper because, and, and again, this is, this is where the negativity thing kind of gets under my skin because everybody loses their mind when you use a draft pick on any kind of specialist, long snapper, punter, kicker. That is the worst thing you could possibly do. And I'm 99% sure if we had done that, he would have been angry about that. But now that we didn't do it, he's angry about it because there's just, there's no way to make a negative fan happy. And there is a small part of me that thinks that if they win the Super Bowl, the Packers, that is, although negative fans will ultimately be happy, they're still going to be negative. It's a never-ending cycle. It, it is like a momentary fraction of a second of happiness of, good, they did it now. But five seconds before they won, they weren't Super Bowl champions. And five seconds after, it's, we'll see about next year. And that's assuming there isn't something that happened in the game that make, made them not deserve it or whatever the case may be. But... That that was the instantaneous, like, you've got to be kidding me. Now now we're nitpicking about things 
that you're not supposed to do. Because he got crucified the year we went out and got a punter and a long snapper in the draft. Which, by the way, neither of them were still on the team, which was my follow-up. I said, how'd that work out with the last guy? And, of course, the retort is, so your solution is we just do nothing. Which I just, you know, I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast. That's, that's right up there with um, when he's healthy. Oh, so we just shouldn't do anything? I hate that argument with such a passion. I don't care what the issue is we're talking about. It it crops up all the time in social and political discussions, and it makes me crazy. That's a bad idea. Oh, so we should do nothing? Didn't say that. I said what you're saying is stupid. That's it. Doesn't work. Won't work. Can't work. Shouldn't do it. Well, we have to do something. First off, no, we don't. We don't have to. Second off, if we do have to do something, what we have to do is figure out something to do that is good and do a thing that is good and right. We shouldn't do things that are stupid in the name of, well, we got to do something. No, we don't. And that's not going to be a cop-out or an excuse, a blanket excuse, for you to tell me we have to do something stupid. 95% of me is not talking about long snappers right now, but just in a general sense, Do not ever tell me it's better than nothing or we have to do something. Give me a very specific solution that is a good idea or don't talk to me. And do not try to defend your position with, well, it's better than nothing. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a thing. The thing you're saying, the thing that is coming out of your mouth face hole is stupid. Stop saying it. I said I wasn't going to get angry. Now here we are. Didn't take long. Anyways, again, I, I, Mr. Negative is going to be like, dude, why are you so mean to me? I, I swear to you, my mind got way off on a tangent. I forgot we were even talking about long snappers, and I forgot you existed for a second. That was not directed at you. Although, in a small sense, it was, because it's still, don't say that. So anyways, I just followed that up with um, long snappers don't usually get drafted. And then, and again, I'm, I'm just laying out a roadmap of if you really want to get under my skin, like if you're just looking to troll me. Here, here is, it's just a simple step, one, two, three, four, five. And I will just, I, I will just lay here dying on the floor from several ailments that have just taken place inside of my body. Several explosions in my brain, all kinds of stuff. The direct response to long snappers don't usually get drafted isn't to stay on task and either say, I didn't know that, thanks for letting me know, never mind, forget this whole conversation. Or to continue down that path of, that's interesting, but I still wouldn't mind, you know, investing a little bit heavier, which of course my follow-up is, do you have anybody specific in mind? Are you just saying we should have drafted some magical person that didn't exist? But no, the solution is he moves on to the next thing to make fun of. 232 pounds, question mark, exclamation point, dude is going to get pushed around like a rag doll. Again, first issue with the first problem, we should have drafted a guy without realizing Long snappers generally almost never get drafted. Secondarily, without realizing, there really wasn't anybody in this draft, or, or very few people. I, don't, I, I, I showed him the entire list of people on the draft big board. I think somebody was like 450th and somebody was like 650th. So maybe one guy was draft-worthy, but probably zero. So just throwing out random aspersions without taking even five seconds to think for yourself. It's like when people ask you very simple questions that could be googled and sometimes i get that as like the podcast guy where they're like you know have the packers ever done this and i'm like i don't need a special subscription for that dude that's a google thing like look that up do you know how much stuff i have to do for this podcast i'm not gonna google things for people 
Why don't you go Google it and come back to me and tell me if you found anything interesting and maybe we could talk about it. I'm not going to sit here and Google stuff for you. But when I have to get into arguments with people who have not even looked into it. But anyways, that brought me to this point. I'm going to look up because I don't know. Two hundred Because when he said 232 dude's going to get pushed around like a ragdoll, my first thought was, well, he's a converted tight end. Yeah, he's probably a little bit smaller. But I was just curious. Out of the top 10 long snappers, first of all, who are they? Were any of them drafted, which maybe some of them are, maybe it's a higher percentage, I don't really know. And how much do they weigh? I would assume they're much like uh, your typical offensive lineman, 300-ish pounds, 295 at least, 232 does seem small, but unlike Mr. Negative, I'm going to look it up because I don't know the answer. And it dawned on me, maybe that is something negative. So I looked up again, the top 10, this is via PFF, by the way, there are not 10 good long snappers. By the time you get about halfway through this list, you're in mediocre to subpar, but whatever. Who knows? They're, they're long snappers. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. By the way, the I don't even know almost any of these names. I think one guy, the guy that's last on this list, I think is the only guy I know. Here we go. Ready? So it's their name, their weight, and then where they got drafted. Remember, undrafted free agent, 232 pounds, is the guy that we picked up. Number one long snapper in the NFL, Josh Harris, 224 pounds undrafted. Andrew DePaulo, 230 pounds undrafted. Aaron Brewer, 232 pounds undrafted. Morgan Cox, 235 pounds undrafted. Blake Ferguson, 235 pounds, sixth round. Jacob Bobbenmeyer, 235 pounds undrafted. We've been through six, and uh, every single one of them is almost the exact same with the exception of the number one guy being significantly smaller and one person being a sixth round pick. Nick Moore is the heaviest by far, 245 pounds undrafted. Um, Well, of the list so far, because we've got this massive monster, Thomas Hennessy, 246 undrafted. Matt Overton, 243 undrafted. And then Tabor Pepper, 245 undrafted. So the range for long snappers seems to be uh, 225 to 245, with the typical long snapper being 235. And just about all of them are undrafted. One of them was drafted, but he's not like significantly better than everybody else. He's kind of middle of the road. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole statistical thing, whereas, you know, if you compare a random sample size of a sixth-round pick undrafted or Six-round pick long snapper compared to an undrafted free agent, who's going to be better? Probably the undrafted free agent because most of these guys are undrafted. No, it's a larger sample size. It's probably the sixth-round pick. But still, the idea that we should think less of this guy because he's undrafted is not true. If he was a quarterback, sure. If he's a tackle, sure. If he's a pass rusher, sure. Long snapper, And I'm not saying we should believe that he's going to be some kind of an elite long snapper. I have no idea what he's going to be, but I have no information, and that's the point. He's the same size, the same build, and got drafted in the same position as almost every single long snapper out there. So size and draft position don't tell me anything. The only thing that's going to tell me anything is if I was a special teams coach there at practice watching, and I knew what the heck I was looking at, and maybe could sit down with Bisakia, Bisakia, I'm still doing it after all this time, and have a conversation with him. That's probably the only way I'm going to get any insight whatsoever into whether this guy's any good at football or not. It certainly has nothing to do with his weight. It has nothing to do with his draft position. 
So a couple things. Number one, I found that interesting because I thought 230, what, 232 was pretty small. Turns out that's dead average. I really honestly had no idea long snappers were small, which I guess you don't really need to be big because the rules are now that you kind of, you can't even like go after a long snapper, you know, like you got to basically avoid him. So he doesn't need to be big because he's not really blocking. He just needs to be a really good long snapper. And there's no sense in adding a, you know, 80 pounds onto a frame of a guy that doesn't need that weight. Like we're just going to give you diabetes, man, because it just feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> do you have sleep apnea? No, well, that's not going to work. I'm going to go ahead and need you to have sleep apnea so that you can snap this ball for us, okay? But secondarily, and this is what I said on Twitter, and this is why, if you're going to be constantly negative, have something to be negative about. This is, this is my biggest issue with negativity. It's not this whole thing between, well, what's more rational, being positive or being negative? Neither. Be accurate. If you're always positive or always negative, you're setting out for a conclusion. The only way you could possibly set out for a conclusion is if you don't care about reality, if you don't care about what the truth is, because the truth is just going to interrupt that, because the truth isn't always positive or always negative. It varies depending on the question, depending on the team, depending on the day. And if you find yourself cherry-picking, nitpicking, or just closing your eyes completely to information so that you can stay in the always positive or stay in the always negative column, then you don't care about information, about reality. And if you don't want to, that's fine. But don't come into the arena, the arena of ideas, and start just swinging wildly, having spent no time whatsoever looking into anything at all. It's like walking into a major university and going into their biology department being like, listen up, I think all this is wrong. I had a dream. Here's what I think happened. Like, what? Who are you? Just, just, just shut your mouth real quick, okay? Check this out. I think we all come from the ground. Think about it. Sun. Actually, I, I heard this once before, and it, it blew my mind, and it annoyed me to no end, because everybody in the group was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow, that's, that's incredible. It's like, I, I literally can disprove that in five seconds. But anyways, that um, when a person is born, it's basically just an energy transfer, similar to reincarnation, I suppose. But his big uh, talking point was, you had World War II, and then you had like the baby boom, you know, because a lot of people died and then a lot of people were born. There you go. That's what it is. When people die, it's like an energy transfer. Boom, babies. Like, do, do you know where babies come from? I mean, it's not like when somebody dies, all of a sudden, whoa, I'm pregnant. What happened here? That's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not a rational thought that you just had. Plus, there's population growth. How are we growing if it's just a transfer one to one? These, these two pop thoughts popped into my head in five seconds, and I got to sit in a room for the next five minutes listening to people go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's not interesting. It's stupid. And so again, if you want to have that thought, just go off over there and have that thought. I don't know why you want to do that. I don't know why you want to just have a weird thought. I don't know why you want to just do what you want to do and not have any regard for what's real. I, I, that would drive me insane. I choose to live in a fantasy. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how you survive in that. But again, stay out of the academic departments. They've been spending their whole life trying to figure stuff out. And granted, they probably get a ton of stuff wrong. They don't actually know what they're doing. They're condescending, arrogant people who think they know everything when really they know about 1% of reality. But that's fine. Point is, they know a lot of stuff. And don't walk in there with just stupid stuff that, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So when there's, when there's debates going on, when there's arguments going on, just don't get involved. 
All right. At least beyond the my team better, your team bad stuff. Like you can you can kind of hang in that area, but when you start getting into numbers, just just find your way back and out slowly. All right. It's just not not great. And please do not try to use that as a weapon against me, because I'm I'm going to be mean about it. I am. I'm sorry. I don't think I'm a mean person. But if you haven't even tried to look this stuff up and you're like, I'm just gonna take this and smack him in the face with it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to be very, very mean to you. And I'm probably going to make you feel stupid a little bit. And I know that's not very nice, but you did this, right? If you walk up to Mike Tyson and you punch him in the face, he's going to just crush you. But here's the thing. Although Mike should know better and he's like, look, I, you know, I shouldn't kill people with my fists. That's not a good thing to do. You shouldn't have punched Mike Tyson in the face. It's just an analogy. I'm not calling myself Mike Tyson. I'm just saying you should know better than to get into arguments with stuff and you don't know what you're talking about. And again, at least from the positive standpoint, although it can be equally as annoying to some people, you're just trying to be positive. I, I cannot for the life of me understand doing that just for the sake of being negative. Like, I just want to hate this team. What, you mean the team you root for? Yes, I want to hate this team. Oh, here's something. There you go. That's why the Packers are stupid. Well, what? Yeah, right there. That's, that's why they're stupid. Why? They didn't draft long snapper. I thought they... I thought they shouldn't draft long snappers. What are you talking? Where does this come from? I don't know. I decided now that, that you should draft long snappers. Because they didn't, now they should. And they didn't. Therefore, they're stupid. Boom. Checkmate. Also, dude's 232. <laughs> what? How How big should he be? Do you know how big long snappers? I don't know how big long snappers. Is that small? I don't know. I was hoping you would look it up. Because I, I don't know. Actually, I, I just felt like saying things that are negative and angry all the time. 24-7. And as I've said a thousand times, please just go pick a new team to torture. Biggest reason I tell people to pick a new team, honestly, is because there is no team that they would appreciate. And if they could just realize that fact, maybe they would stop being so negative about the Packers. It's amazing to me one of the best teams over the last 30 years is somehow uniquely awful compared to everybody else. Okay, try to root for any other team because nobody meets your standard. Nobody does. But anyways, yeah, so uh, long snappers are 230 pounds, so the more you know... All right, so uh, what do we got next on the old thing here? Tell you what, let's, uh, why don't we just take a break here? We'll take an early break so I can kind of drink my coffee, chill out, move on to the next thing. Big uh, giant thank you to Michael Kamuda. $5 donation to help Drew with the seizure service dog, as I've been saying a thousand times. It doesn't take much, man. Five bucks is huge. We just need, you know, maybe like 500 more Michaels. Knock this thing out, you know? But um, Drew is a listener, longtime listener to the show, big Packer fan, and um, he, quite a long time ago, when did this thing start? I don't know if it says on here, but it was a long time ago. Um, I saw on Twitter he was trying to raise money for um, getting a seizure service dog because he has epilepsy, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to help this guy out. And so I said that we are going to dedicate, I'm not going to ask for money anymore, which kind of lied about because of the SIS thing, but... I'm not going to solicit Patreon anymore until Drew gets his seizure service dog, and I will commit to that until the start of the season. So we have until the start of the season to get this done, and I'm hoping we can because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to give up and we're going to end up carrying this into the season. And that's that would be sad. So hoping we can uh, get Drew this dog. Also, if you're looking for a big old box of meat, amodernfrontier.com is where you can you know get that. Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps. You get $25 off your order. The price does include shipping. It'll show up in a frozen box. Well, the box will be somewhat pliable, but the meat will be frozen. 
and it'll come right to your door. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Packernet Podcast. I actually didn't get more coffee and I should have. I just sat here and then pushed play again. Now you know. Now you know the truth. Interestingly enough, I can pause this and go upstairs and take a break whenever I want, so it's not a big deal. Anyways, um, been a lot of coach interviews and whatnot, and although I may have missed something, I haven't heard a lot of super interesting things. I mean, I think we find everything to be massively interesting when there's nothing going on. But to be honest, I mean, nothing here is massively interesting. Jerry Gray thinks he has a lot of guys that can play in the slot. Okay. Jerry Montgomery really likes um, Devontae Wyatt. Jerry Montgomery says Jonathan Ford looks good, but we got to get him to do what he needs to do. Well, that's literally everybody. All right. So generally, and again, I got to comb through uh, with a little bit more of a fine tooth comb, but I think I just get jaded because it's so much work when there's the, the interview and I have to dedicate so much time and I don't like just having to sit still and listen to something. You know what I mean? Like, give me something that I can use. It's like, well, just wait. Just listen to 45 minutes of coaching interviews, and maybe maybe one person will say one thing that's that you can run with. I don't want to do that. So I am pretty bad with these interviews because it's just, I got, I got stuff to do, man. I can't just be sitting here listening to, to coach speak and nonsense questions. But uh, Ryan Downard, who's the safeties coach, says about Tariq Carpenter. And, and listen, the, the other thing I've learned about these coaches is they're, they all have different styles and personalities. Some of them are very positive. Some of them are not so much. Um, and as I've said, I tend to believe Jerry Montgomery when he says stuff because he tends to lean a little bit more negative. He'll just flat out be like, yeah, he's fine, but he's not where he needs to be. Like talking about really good players. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. How do you feel about uh, this elite pro bowler? Yeah, he's, he's pretty good at that one thing, right? The one thing I thought he was, I, I just meant generally really good at stuff, but 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's we, we like him in this situation, but, uh, you know, whatever. He does not want his guys' egos to get too big, although he has been pretty positive in this offseason cycle. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I don't know Ryan Downard's style, right? Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach, constantly pumped his guys up. Everybody was the best. So maybe that's how Downard is, because this is not what I would have expected anybody to say. But this is regarding uh, seventh-round rookie Tariq Carpenter. Quote, he really can move, especially for how big he is. That's the biggest impression he made on me. He really can move. He went on to say that he's rare. Um, not my understanding. That's not my understanding of Tariq Carpenter. But, you know, great. That's, I hope so. That's awesome. You know, it's, it, coach speak is one thing. But you got to understand, coach speak generally isn't lying. Usually it's just being extremely vague. When you're extremely specific, I don't know that far too often there's there's just flat out lying involved, although sometimes there is, especially when Matt LaFleur is asked about upcoming opponents. What do you think about Justin Fields? Oh, he's he's one of the best. He's he's one of the best doing it today. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't matter who he's talking about, that's pretty much gonna be his answer. Tell me about this uh Vikings cornerback room. What do you what do you think? Well, the, I mean these guys are uh these these guys are you know some of the best you'll find in in, in the world. They're in the NFL for a reason, you know? They know what they're doing, and they, they can really do some things that uh, give you pause, you know? They, 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 there's some speed and some physicality there that, uh, that, that you got to be aware of. You know, that's coach speak. It's, it's nonsense, just word filler. I don't even know if any of that stuff is relative, necessarily true, but it can be. If, you, if you're assuming I'm just talking about the, the American populace in general, including women and children, <laughs> you know? They've got some speed, boy. Well, actually, they're, they're average. No, but compared to, like, you know, middle schoolers, they're pretty fast, man. Like, I, they might be the fastest in the world. I'm not positive. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have my people check that. I don't need to know is the point. But anyways, I, I found that oddly specific in a direction that I thought that contradicted what I understood. So I'll, I'll have to, I don't know if there's anything to even dig into, but um, great. Seventh round pick who is massive and extremely fast and athletic. Another steal. Also saw this, which I, I don't really have a ton to say other than it makes me a little bit happy. Update, Viking star running back Dalvin Cook has been lining up at wide receiver in bunch sets during OTAs. The only reason that makes me happy, and maybe it shouldn't, because you know you, you add a wrinkle to that offense and that offense is already kind of, you know, potent with Cousins and the two wide receivers and everything, it, it, it could certainly be scary, no question about it. But the only reason it makes me smile is because they have a thing that they do that works. And my approach, if I was a Vikings fan, would be to say, don't mess with it. We have a thing that's, that works, and it's good, and just stop messing with it. And to be clear, this is not something that happens a lot. Um, if we look at, because again, that's sort of my question is, is this rare? Is this unusual? Maybe he does it all the time and I'm just not aware of it. You know, Packers have their running backs split out pretty regularly. Um, Dalvin Cook ran 215 routes in the passing game last year. That's a lot. In fact, if we just sort it, he was fifth on the team. You got Justin Jefferson, then KJ Osborne, then Tyler Conklin, then Adam Thielen, then Dalvin Cook. And Adam Thielen is lower because he only played 13 games. But point is, you've, you've got one tight end, three wide receivers, and then Dalvin. So he, he runs plenty of routes. How many times does he actually line up, though, at receiver? Dalvin Cook, seventh, five times ever. Once out wide, four times in the slot. That's it. 
So it's just not a thing that they do. They don't split out the running back. They're they're very, I guess, traditional. In fact, they, they usually just have two wide receivers. I mean, it's just a pretty straightforward, this is what we run, and best of luck to you. So I, I, I guess, again, it's very similar to the switch on defense to a more 3-4 style of defense. The reason I like it is because it's entirely different. It might be better, you know, in a couple years, but anytime you take a team and say, this is what we do, and then you have somebody else come in and say, we're going to do something different, well, all the players were drafted to do that other thing. And although some people are so good, they can just easily switch from one to the other, that's not usually the way it is. I mean, if you look at what the Packers do, they're very specific. Granted, Devontae Wyatt is probably the kind of guy that can play in just about any system. Quay Walker, probably, although if we had a different system, maybe we would have gone with a different linebacker. Or maybe not a linebacker at all. You know, if it was still Mike Pettin, we don't even draft one. And so the the style of player, the emphasis on position, all that stuff was done very specifically for Zimmer to do a specific thing on that defense. The offense, including the offensive line, was drafted and, and brought in to do a very specific thing for a very specific style of offense. The running backs, the wide receivers, the quarterback, all that. If we change that, again, it doesn't mean you're going to be bad forever, but if it's a drastic enough change, at the very least, it's going to take a little bit of time. And so just even little things like that, as soon as I saw it, I got a little bit happy. Because we're taking Dalvin, who's already kind of like, I mean, let's be honest, the guy's, he's getting up there in age, man. I mean, I know he's not that old, but for a, a running back that gets as many carries as he does, he may as well have played 10 years in this league. On top of all the injuries, I mean, he, he might as well be a 32-year-old running back, just based on volume and uh, how much tread is left on his tires. And I like to give the guy respect um, whenever, especially I'm talking to Vikings fans, but at, at the end of the day, Dalvin Cook is not anything special these days. It's funny because you get into an argument with Vikings fans uh, about, you know, quality of team or whatever, and you try to tell them that the Packers have better running backs. First of all, the fact that we have two good running backs should put it to bed, but they think Dalvin is still one of the best running backs in football, and they have Alexander Madison, who's one of the better running backs in football. Dalvin Cook ranked 40th this past year as far as his uh, rushing grade. 40th. A.J. Dillon was 4th. Aaron Jones was ninth. Two top 10 running backs we had. Their running backs ranked 40th and 55th. So, you know, again, not, not really necessarily getting into who's better, but I don't think they realize kind of how bad things are devolving. And Dalvin's another one of those guys, too, where, and, and again, I know injuries have played a factor, but he's really only had one good year. Um, he was getting better and better and better, so it's one of those things where, you know, it seemed like he was about to explode, but 70, 72, 76, 90, that was in 2020, and then 2021, 65, it was his lowest ever. Well, injuries. Okay, but he's hurt all the time. And at the end of the day, he's had one year where he's been dominant. And in 2022, he's coming off injury again. New system, doesn't help. Whole lot of uh, round peg, square hole stuff going on with the offensive line and the run game and trying to teach you to be a wide receiver and all this stuff. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's a matter of Dalvin is way too talented, way too fast and elusive and all that stuff to be sitting behind this offensive line not getting any yards. So let's try to scheme up some extra yards for Dalvin. I'm not saying long-term strategy it's stupid, but I am saying it's going to take a little bit of time to make all this work. It's not as simple as Madden of picking a play and just running it. I mean, we, we've seen, like we've talked about with our offensive line and how it's not just a matter of run the ball and how good are you at run blocking and that's, 
it's it's five guys learning to work together and getting the timing and everything all the way down pat, and it could take an entire year of these guys working together before they start to get it. This is how adding complexity to an offense works. You can't just say, we're going to have the offensive line block a different way now. Dalvin, you're going to learn to be a wide receiver, and boom, we got these great plays. We're going to crush people. In theory, yes. But how much time does it take for them to really implement and get the nuance of all this stuff? It's not just as easy as snapping your fingers and saying, we run this offense now. And so that is a big part of the reason why week one, I feel a little bit more confident. Because although it's week one and anything could happen, and who knows who's ready and who's prepared and who's not, and maybe you could look at it from the Viking standpoint and say, yeah, but we got some extra wrinkles that you don't know are coming. And we've had a whole year and all this time to analyze how you do stuff. Well, that's not entirely true because we're kind of retooling our defense a little bit. Plus, there's just the, the simple matter of you still have to beat us. Even if you know what's coming, you got to stop it. Plus, Devontae's gone, so you have no idea what we're doing with our offense. So there, there's an element of we are sort of doing things a little bit differently, but it's still the same offense with 95% the same players. It's the same defense with 95% the same players with a couple different wrinkles, whereas they have an entirely new offense and defense. Entirely might be an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. Um, I think the last thing, and, and again, I hesitate to even do it because I don't have an answer for you. But again, it kind of just goes back to the whole people like to fight about stuff without really having any information. Um Kind of a big thing yesterday on the social media's NFL Network. Two minutes on the clock. Who you got? Top five quarterbacks for two-minute drill, according to Michael Robinson. Number one, Josh Allen. Number two, Pat Mahomes. Number three, Tom Brady. Number four, Russell Wilson. Number five, Matt Stafford. I don't know where the list came from. And then you had some Packer fans saying, uh, what about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, a- again, the, the issue is we're Packer fans and we've seen Aaron Rodgers, and we know he's done some miraculous things, and therefore we think he should be on the list, if not number one on the list. And um, everybody else kind of makes lists based on, I'm assuming, highlight reels they've seen, or maybe just their ability. You know, Josh Allen, we know he's got a big arm, so he can get it down there, and it's kind of a, a mix of that, and just guys we know are pretty good at stuff. Tom Brady has always been good at that. In fact, I don't know why he wouldn't be number one unless it's just recency bias type stuff, but just just in terms of general narrative, that's like the main thing he's good at. But I thought, why don't we look it up on SIS and just see what it is? And the problem is, it's not what anybody would expect. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but I can select two minutes left in the fourth quarter. So we got that. The other issue, though, is there's a lot of guys who do a lot because there's so much garbage time. You know, you're down by 24 and the defense just kind of lets you do stuff. So I did score differential minus seven. So you are within seven points of, let me bump it out to eight, just just because technically we're still, still in range here. So two minutes left, and you're down by eight or less, between eight and zero. So it's either tied, or you're down by negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four, five, six, seven, eight, right? Somewhere in that range. Everybody would expect the top of the list to look a certain way, and it just doesn't look that way. I bumped it all the way out to 2015. So we've got individual years from 2015 all the way out to 2021. There's 333 different quarterbacks. I'm going to bump this up to you need to have at least five attempts, right? Five times you need to do this. That's five throws. Still got 258, but that's good enough. It's good enough to make sure Aaron Rodgers on here for every one of those years. 
2021, by the way, only seven attempts. So I can't bump it up too much more. But if we just kind of run through a couple different statistics, right? Let's just, because I, I don't know that there is, I mean, we, we can look at the sort of PFF grades of SIS and all that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We're going to get through all these. But the point is, I'm going to give you all this information and you can form your own opinion, but it's not going to look the way you think it's going to look. On target percentage, first of all, there's a bunch of guys that are at exactly 100%. 100% of their attempts were a, very much on target. In fact, there's 18 of them. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not on here once. The Bears are on here twice. Aaron Rodgers isn't on here once. You got Matt Barkley in 2016 and Chase Daniel in 2018. Matt Barkley, by the way, 18 attempts, so it's not a small sample size. And, and I, 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 let me just get in front of this, by the way, because I know this is going to be a thing. Well, it's not a stats thing. It's, it's an eye thing. If, if, if you just watch it, you would know. The problem is that doesn't work for me because I haven't watched Jalen Hurts or Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill or Ben Roethlisberger. And granted, I'm sure there isn't a highlight of them falling away and throwing a strike to Jared Cook down the sideline. That's true. But again, there's a difference between relying on a guy to get the job done and highlight reels. If the question is who has the best highlight reels with under two minutes, then yeah, that's probably safe to just say, I don't know, probably either Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. That's probably it. But that's not the question. Who do you trust? Well, let's start with accuracy. Of the guys with a ton of throws, Ben Roethlisberger, 17 attempts in 2016, 100% were on target. Derek Carr in 2018, 100% out of 20. Baker Mayfield in 2020, out of 13 attempts, 100%. Matt Barkley in 2016, out of 18 attempts, 100%. Now, notice, I'm, it's not just an anti rogers thing. I haven't listed anybody that's on this list. I haven't mentioned Pat Mahomes. I have not list, listed uh, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, nothing. But the first time you see Aaron Rodgers is 87th, and it's in 2015, 80% were on target. That's out of 36, which is obviously extremely high. Uh, 2017 and 2021, he's at 75%. 2020, he's 150th at 70%. And then 2018, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 59% out of 24 attempts. Also got 2016, 55% out of 10 attempts. Um, And then 2019, Aaron Rodgers, 50% out of 10. But just going through the list, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Johnson, Derek Carr. Here's Tom Brady. 100%. 100%. Uh, Matt Ryan, Jalen Hurts, Nick Foles, Nate Sudfeld, Tony Romo. There's Pat Mahomes, so he does have 100% at some point. That was uh, 2017. Kyler Murray, Baker Baker Mayfield, Trevor Simeon, Chase Daniel, Mark, Matt Barclay, CJ Beathard. Okay, fine, but that's a stupid stat. Nobody cares about accuracy, I guess. Maybe that's what somebody would say. I don't know. How about average net yards per attempt? As I've mentioned before, this is a very, 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 very good quarterback metric. The highest ever, Matt Ryan of the Falcons in 2021, 20.8. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, Justin Fields, 16.3. Six attempts, 80% on target. 13 yards per attempt, uh, 78 yards per game. 16.7 touchdown percentage, zero interceptions. Uh, Passer rating, 149.3. His IQR, which is sort of the SIS passer rating, 158.3. Average throw depth, 12.2%, 0% pressure rate. Aaron Rodgers has been in this league forever. Justin Fields is third on this list. I don't see Aaron Rodgers on this list. The highest he ranks is 36th. That was 2017 Aaron Rodgers with a 9.4 average net yards per attempt. 
And again, I see Tom Brady at number two. I see Tom Brady at number 11, 2018. And no, I can't like combine the years. That's one of the things I got to, I'm going to send a big email to SIS being like, hey, love you guys. Here's like 90 things I wish you would add. And there's Pat Mahomes down here at 22nd, Matt Stafford, 28th. The biggest issue for Aaron Rodgers is he's below all of these guys, but it's still not the list that you would expect. Again, Matt Ryan, number one, Justin Fields, number three, Baker Mayfield, number four, Tony Romo, number five. We keep seeing a lot of the same names though, don't we? Baker Mayfield, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger. Those three guys were in the last list. Now, nobody's ever going to say their name as far as being clutch with two minutes left because nobody likes them, but maybe that is their thing. Just saying. How about just straight up passer rating? Tom Brady is number one, tied with Tyrod Taylor, followed by Baker Mayfield and Tony Romo, then Ben Roethlisberger, then 2021 Justin Fields. By the way, eighth is Mitch Trubisky. We still don't have Aaron Rodgers on this list. 2020 Mitch Trubisky, 146.3. Kirk Cousins, 13th, 139.8. Highest for Aaron Rodgers, 2017 Aaron Rodgers, ranked 31st with a 122.6. IQR is similar, but um, his highest rank is 42nd. If you're going based on IQR, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger, Justin Fields, Jared Goff. How about points earned per play? And I I went in and I actually looked at the, because you can break it down by game. And I wanted to see kind of what does this look like? The problem with points earned per play, points above average per play is if you have, let's say there's, there's, it's fourth quarter and you're down by six or whatever, and you throw one 80 yard touchdown. Well, on a per play basis, that's going to be massive. So that's kind of what that is. But still, we're just kind of going through, looking at different values, trying to see if there's any way we can get Aaron Rodgers up near the top next to Tom Brady and any of these other guys. If you look at PE, points earned per play, 2018 Chase Daniel, 2017 Tyrod Taylor, 2020 Baker Mayfield, 2021 Joe Burrow, 2021 Justin Fields, 2018 Marcus Mariota, 2020 Kyle Allen, 2016 Ben Roethlisberger, 2018 Matt Ryan, 2018 Drew Brees, 2021 Andy Dalton, 2021 Matt Ryan, 2019 Deshaun Watson, 2020 Matt Stafford. How about EPA, expected points added? Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Gardner Minshew, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Highest Aaron Rodgers ranks is 50th in 2018. How about positive play percentage? Maybe just most of the time, you know, most of the time you did a good thing as opposed to a bad thing, right? If you have points earned per play, you could have six incompletions, not in a row, that wouldn't really make sense, but you could have almost all incompletions and then a 80-yard touchdown and it's probably still going to balance out, but your positive play percentage would be a lot lower. So what percentage of the time do you do good plays as opposed to bad plays? Well, if you sort it by that, Tony Romo, Pat Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, Kyle Allen, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan. 2017 Aaron Rodgers ranks 24th. But hey, it's the highest we've gotten them so far. How about par and war, which again is sort of like their PFF grades. Kirk Cousins in 2021, Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers, his highest ever, uh, 2018 Aaron Rodgers, ranked 52nd. The only way that we get Aaron Rodgers really high on this list is boom and bust percentage, which, if you think about it, kind of makes sense. What percentage of his plays are freaking crazy awesome? What percentage of his plays are freaking awful, right? 
So if you think Brett Favre, high boom, high bust. You think Aaron Rodgers, high boom, low bust. If you look at uh, bust percentage, um, not surprisingly, Aaron Rodgers ties for number one on this list uh, once. 2021 Aaron Rodgers, 0%. Just didn't happen. Boom percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 2021, sixth on the list. 42.9%, which is probably three of seven. But out of seven plays, three of them were really good. But I think here, here's kind of the overall point that I'm starting to come to, and I'm, I'm starting to realize that this is true more often than not. I, I started thinking about it when I was thinking about cooking and barbecue and all that stuff. I think we put way too much emphasis on the right answer, and there really isn't too often when there's the right answer. I think there's, there, there is sort of a scale, and on one end of the scale, you have things getting worse, and you do have probably a line where you could say this is bad. You think about it from a food standpoint, there is good like objectively good. And, and, you know, even that is, you know, you, vegetarian's not going to think it's very good. But generally speaking, you, you can get closer and closer to what a good burger is. But at some point, it's really just a matter of preference, right? I, the other day I made, and every time I cook now, I do ridiculous things, right? The last time I made chicken, I did uh, six chicken breasts with six different sauces so we could find out what the best barbecue sauce is on chicken. I also learned not to go so heavy on rub because they all kind of just tasted like the rub. So it made it hard to tell what the better sauce was. But anyways, when I made burgers, I wanted everyone to tell me what the best burger was. And I wanted to figure it out. So I did smash burgers. I did sous vide, then grill. And then I just did straight grill. And um, none of us could really agree. And honestly, even even for myself, it kind of depends on the day. Sometimes I'm in the mood for this or the mood for that. It's not really a matter of objectively we know this is the best. And I think that we, we get way too caught up in best, worst, most, least, and we, especially when it gets into the nuance. You know, even if you want to look at Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who's the better running back, I don't think there's an answer. We can look at PFF grade and say A.J. Dillon. We can look at production and say Aaron Jones. We can look at speed. We can look at size. We could look at whatever it is we want to look at. But I think we get way too caught up in, you know, believing that there is an exact answer. And I don't think that there is. You know, again, getting back to the barbecue thing, you, you watch and so many people are purists. And you see this in the NFL too, but they'll tell you that, you know, you, you did the ribs wrong. They shouldn't be fall off the bone. There should be this exact texture with this much rub and you should do it for this amount of time and this temperature and this. Again, there is such a thing as bad, right? Undercooked is bad. Burnt is objectively bad. Even you could you could say well some people kind of like it I understand but we're, we're we're at least getting to the point where we could objectively say on a large scale this is probably not ideal but I also think you get into a realm of like if you went to I remember this one time there was a thing I think it was in Racine or Kenosha or one of the two they had like a pork fest or whatever I don't know what it was it was the greatest day of my life I paid like twenty bucks and I got to be like a a, a, a judge not like an official judge but whatever and they had these little tiny cups of pork and I went through and I tried all the different ones. And I could not decide what my favorite was. I, I eventually figured it out, but it's like, I realized I, I, I really like sweet. And so the, the sweeter ones were really good, but there's also savory and the savory was good, but it was just a different kind of good. And it's, it's almost like you can't compare the two side by side. They're just different and they're good in their own ways. And you'd have to almost judge it in its own category. And it's not, I, I think it's just the, the point is it's the wrong question to say, which one's better. I think it's the wrong question. Just like it's the wrong question to say, who's better at this or at that. We got to be more specific than better. What do you mean better? Because I, I do think Aaron Rodgers, there's a case to be made. I think it's going to be hard to make that case statistically, 
based on anything other than, well, come on, you just just watch the tape and you would know. I mean, that that's not going to work because everybody knows you haven't watched the tape. You've seen Aaron Rodgers do some stuff. You have no idea what Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Stafford, Matt Moore, Joe Burrow, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins. You don't know what any of these guys have done. You have not watched them the same way you've watched Aaron Rodgers. You just have seen Aaron Rodgers do like five really impressive throws and you want him to be at the top of a list. You don't have anything objective. And that's where these overly general questions, which are the most exciting ones, they get the most clicks. Who's the best? Who would you do? All this stuff. Again, there's objectively good and there's objectively bad. I think we can, uh, you know, we could probably assume that Ben Roethlisberger was actually really good in this category. I could be wrong, but pretty much every time you looked at this list, Ben Roethlisberger was near the top of the list. Maybe it was just one year. And again, this is a small sample size, so it might just be like one or two really good games one year that, that made this a thing. But I only have the information to work with. That's the problem with the whole question is the whole question is a small sample size question. So even your film watching, I've seen it. No, you've seen, again, like five throws. But the point is that they're, they're interesting questions and they're fun questions. But the more I've been doing this, the more I realize, you know, again, same with like um, RAS and PFF grades. We want so badly to say this is the thing. PFF grade is the ultimate metric of good and bad. I think it might be close, and it might get you there a little bit. It might be the best metric, that and war and all that stuff, to get you kind of there. But it's still really just a specific answer to a specific question. Again, it, it, it has more to do with consistency than, than like boom and bust type stuff. Maybe you don't want that. And whether that's good or bad or right or wrong, the, the point is, I think the really more interesting thing is the more situational and extremely specific questions. And we don't want to ask those questions. We just want to know who's better. And I don't know that there is a good answer to that. And I think SIS has really helped me with that because it's like, well, we don't really have an answer, but we've got 75 different answers depending on specifically what your question is. It's like, well, I don't, don't really have a specific question. It's just who's better. Well, you can go over to war. That's about as good as it gets as far as that, although there is uh, you know, a couple other things that you could use, but it, it's not really a, a question that can be answered. And the point is that's fine. There doesn't have to be an answer to best burger, best ribs, best pulled pork. It kind of just gets down to what you like best. And in this case, it's it's specifically what it is you're looking Find specific answers to specific questions. It's okay if somebody says that Ben Roethlisberger is better than Aaron Rodgers in this one category. We're not going to die. We know Aaron Rodgers is good. Not perfectly good. He's not the number one in every category. He's not dead last in every category. Some things he's good at, some things he's bad at. Some years he's good, some years he's bad. Some games he's good, some games he's bad. He doesn't have to be the number one in every single possible category. And if what you want to say is he's had some of the best possible plays that anybody's ever seen with two minutes left on the clock to get their team into winning position, he's had one of those things. And and again, you don't have metrics for this, which is why you can go ahead and say it if you want to. You don't know that it's true because, again, there's no metric, so I can't find it anywhere else to prove whether it's true or not. But there are those throws that you look at to say only one guy can do that. And although that gets thrown around all the time, only Matt Ryan could do that. Only Pat Mahomes, only Aaron Rodgers could do that. We've seen the Aaron Rodgers throws where it's like only one freaking guy could do that, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. And that's probably true, but that's not a metric. That's just a cool thing we can put as a feather in our cap to be like, our guy can do stuff your guy can't. And we know that to be true, and that's cool. But what I'm saying is, if the question is, two minutes left on the clock, who's the guy? I don't know. I'm leaning toward Ben Roethlisberger at this point. But again, that's nobody actually wants to have that conversation. We just want to list 
the five best quarterbacks and then argue about who the top five quarterbacks are and just ignore the whole two-minute thing. And we'll add a little flavor into that. But really, it's just a top five list and where Matt Aaron Rodgers isn't in it. But that, that's kind of been the biggest thing. And it, it makes it hard because a big part of what I do is to say, this guy's better than this guy, therefore. And that doesn't really work. I mean, it, it works in common vernacular and it, it works in terms of general discussions. But I just don't think that that's, I, I just, I don't know that I can do that much anymore. <laughs> and again, there is such a thing as good and bad. You know, Aaron Jones is better than Kylan Hill. There's a big enough gap there where I can say, okay, that's, that's objectively true, right? Like the three burgers I made, it really depends on certain things. But you can compare that to some restaurant that uses these big oversized buns that are kind of hard and like a, a well-done burger with not melted cheese. Like that burger sucks. And yeah, maybe there's four people out there that would prefer that. I don't know. But I think we can objectively say that's not good. And so there, there may be are more like tiers and, and, and all those kinds of things that you can put things in. But once you get into this range, we got to start asking more specific questions. And again, I really think most people would assume if I just sorted by war, the list would be like Aaron Rodgers is number one, followed by Tom Brady, followed by Josh Allen, followed by Pat Mahomes, whatever. That's what the list looks like. And it's just not. And this is the case for a lot of things all the time. This is how a lot of these lists actually look. Because we don't give enough credit to guys that do certain things really well. Matt Ryan, he, he, you know, he did some really good things. But he's freaking Matt Ryan. We're not going to give him any credit. Marcus Mariota, are you kidding me? Well, in, in 2018, he was really good in his limited, like, two or three games in which that happened. Well, I'm not giving him credit. It's Marcus Mariota. It's only two games. Okay, but that's not different than Aaron Rodgers. You're only saying Aaron Rodgers gets put into that category because Aaron Rodgers is really good. But that's not the question. If that's the question, then just forget the whole two-minute thing and just say, who's the better quarterback, top five? Give me that list. And, you know, if, if you're worried about the limited sample size thing, fine, I can bump it up to 20 attempts. I mean, it's going to eliminate a couple Aaron Rodgers seasons. But at least now we know that th- these are guys that have actually done it a bunch. Now let's look at war and let's see who really is good at this. Okay, the list is Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Case Keenum, Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees. Sounds a little bit better. We got guys that, that are, you know, Andrew Luck a bunch of times. He's not in the league anymore, but it kind of makes sense, right? Still no Aaron Rodgers, though. Still no Pat Mahomes. I didn't say Tom Brady once. His highest rank, Aaron Rodgers, only on this list twice. 2018, Aaron Rodgers ranks 22nd. 2015, Aaron Rodgers ranks 41st. So again, I, I, I kind of feel like that, like I'm just kind of ruining all the fun. You know, does anybody actually care about this information? Or am I just kind of like uh, Oscar from The Office, where people are having a discussion and I just come in, actually? I mean, if you really want to know, I'll give you the information. If you want to just have stupid fights on Twitter without any basis whatsoever, other than I've seen my guy do great stuff, he should be on the list, then I guess go have the conversation. I don't know. But the point is, I don't really have an answer. I would need to have a criteria. How do you know when somebody's really good at this? And then we'll try to build that out. But what I'm saying is, I don't think you're going to be able to make a criteria that puts Aaron Rodgers at the top, because he's not at the top of any list from any category. And no matter how you build it, no matter what your criteria is, and feel free to do it. Be like, what if you look at this, 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 and this? Let's, let's do that. Right? If you want to see like different um, yard lines, how about from more than 50 yards out? Rodgers is still 22nd. Can change the score differential. We can do all the you know field position, yards to go, all that stuff, uh, overtime, whatever. You tell me the criteria, and I'll help you try to figure it out. But the point is, that only matters if you actually want to know. And I, I honestly don't know if anybody actually wants to know because I think the real answer is going to be boring. 
you know, if we put a, together a formula that makes the most sense and Ben Roethlisberger and Kirk Cousins are at the top of the list with, with Baker Mayfield, does anybody want to know that list? <laughs> I, I doubt it. So again, I, I, I think the m- more we get away from better and worst or, you know, top 10 lists, just generally who are the top 10 best quarterbacks, the better off we're going to be. It's the most interesting. I mean, it's the most fun, I should say. It's going to get the most clicks. It's going to get the most excitement. To be honest, I should just stick with PFF grades and rank people because it's probably better for my podcast. But I just don't think there's, it's, it's fake. I think it's fake. I'm not going to say it's subjective because I don't think it's necessarily subjective. That's the difference between football and, and food. Whereas food, I think, is to some degree subjective. I think it is objective, but I don't know if it's something we can actually answer. And so we have to settle on more specific questions. And the good news is we still get to enjoy and realize how good Aaron Rodgers has done a couple times in those specific instances. Those things still happened. They were still awesome. They were still amazing. The Hail Mary throws and all that stuff. If you look specifically at those those games, I'm sure he got great marks across the board, right? Throwing a Hail Mary pass probably did really good in that one game. I'm not trying to take that away. Just trying to honestly answer the question. I don't think the answer is going to be what people want to hear. That's all I'm saying. Nobody's ready to have that conversation, as the kids say. But anyways, I got to get out of here. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you probably tomorrow. We are taking a mini family vacation, so there's going to be some potential interruptions to the show. I'm going to do my best to keep this thing moving and uh, for you guys to not even notice anything's going on. But just so you know, we're going to be hitting the road um, tomorrow morning. So we'll see how these things go. But anyways, probably be talking to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.